This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. I can honestly say, if you embrace the, the principles, the truths that I'm going to be sharing with you this month, it's going gonna, it's gonna to transform your life. And I don't say that lightly. I honestly believe that if you embrace these truths, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring a massive shift in your life. So over the last few weeks, I've just been, as I've been preparing this message and applying some of these principles in my own life and in my thoughts, I've, I've experienced a significant shift in my life. And I'm a generally positive, faithful type of guy. And I was shocked at the amount of negatives that are running through my mind. I tell you, you will be shocked. If you just evaluate, evaluate your thoughts this next week, or just for the rest of this day, you'll be surprised at the amount of negatives running through your head. So I believe this month is going to be significant. It can be significant. It will be significant if you take this seriously, if you focus, if you do more than just, man, I'm sitting, it's nice, and I'm going home. No, you, you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to assault the lies of the enemy in my head. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to renew my mind, because that's what it's about. It's about winning the battlefield in the mind. If you win the battle here, you will win in life. If you overcome in your thoughts, you will overcome in life. That's a guarantee. I'm going to show you. It is, and it, is, it is so exciting when you realize that you are not a victim of life or other people's behavior but that you have the capacity that if you can bring divine order into your thought life, then this beautiful thing happens. You become a powerful person. What's a powerful person? A powerful person isn't somebody that dominates others. A powerful person is someone that is not a victim of other people's behavior. You see, our culture currently all across the world is like, you know, everybody's a victim. We're a victim of government, we're a victim of white people, we're a victim of black people, we're a victim of economy, we're a victim of my neighbor, we're a victim of somebody else acted like an idiot, so now I have no choice, I must be offended and bitter and angry. Or, or no, <laughs> no, no, you, you, you can be a powerful person, and a powerful person is someone that is able to overcome whatever is thrown at you. Okay, so I'm going to help you to uh, step into it. Okay, so who wants to overcome in life? Yes. yes, absolutely. But how do we overcome? You overcome by winning it up here. Okay, so I'm going to give you some tools. I'm going to give you some really practical things. And uh, so I want to sketch a few scenarios for you to, to, to show you that the, the battle is in your mind. So I'm sure you've experienced this. <clears throat> things have been going well, in your life, maybe you've had a good week, happy week, things are going, going well, and then something goes wrong. The geezer breaks, bursts, it's like it's a mess, or your car breaks down, or something breaks, and immediately your thoughts go like, no, why me? I have enough challenges. I don't need this. And so you start off there like you feel sorry for yourself, and, and then you might go, you know, it's like this, this event triggers a process, a spiral, a downward spiral of negativity, of negatives in your life. Starts off with feeling sorry for yourself, and then you might go further, like, and then you start just seeing all the negatives. Like, this is how you start listing them on the inside. You're like, I list this went wrong, and that went wrong, and, and suddenly all you can do is see negatives. You can only see the negatives in your life. And then you start comparing yourselves, yourself to others. And you're like, other people have it so easy. They have it so easy. My life is really hard. Now, who's done that? Come on, comparing, and then you feel like, ah. Oh. 
And that negativity, that spiral of negativity. And so you had a good week, and you were even happy, and you had peace and joy, and suddenly you have nothing because of one thing that happened. And suddenly you don't have the, it's like, it's gone. And so this is the first key, or the first reason of why you need to win the fight in your thoughts. Your thought life determines your level of joy. Your thought life determines your level of joy. Not your circumstances, not people's behavior, not the economy, not what other people are doing. Your thought life will determine your level of joy. Okay, so that's first reason why you want to want to win this. So there are these triggers in our minds of something negative and then the downward spiral. Second area I want to sketch to you. Someone at work didn't do what they were supposed to do. So now you have to sort out their nonsense. So now you're working extra hours and you're sitting there and you're angry. You're having a fight with them in your thoughts. You're angry. You're you're arguing with them. You're like, I can't believe you were so irresponsible. I can't believe you've dropped me like this. I don't need this in my life. And now here I am. Here I am. If anybody was there, they wouldn't hear or see anything. They were just just in in your head. Arguing. Uh, Who's argued with people in your head? Yes. So you argue. You're angry. You're telling them stuff. And again, you're strengthening those negative thought processes because it's the wrong thinking happening in your head. You're arguing. I have to catch myself a few times this week. I'm like, I'm arguing with somebody again in my head. Stop it. (laughs) You know? And so the second reason why you want to win the fight in your thoughts is that your thought life determines your ability to have healthy relationships. Because if you have those argue, the arguing in your head with people, the result is, is that you become uh, uh, resentful towards that person, and suddenly you are unable to have a healthy relationship. All you can see is, I'm angry, I'm upset with you, You've, you know? So it, it brings a disconnect in your relationship, your thought life. Third example, a family member says something offensive to you. Now, obviously not your spouse, because spouses don't say ugly things to one another. <laughs> but your spouse says to you, you are useless. Ow. And now, these thoughts run through your mind. You're hearing those words over and over again. You are useless. You are useless. You, it's replaying, replaying, replaying. And, and, and now when you, when you do something and maybe you fail, then you start saying it. Now, I'm useless. So you start saying it. You start agreeing with those negative thoughts. You start saying, I am useless. And now what's happening, it's changing your perspective on life. So you, it becomes the filter through which you see. So you are looking for reasons to confirm what you are believing. You are looking for reasons to confirm that I am useless. Because that's your belief. That's not how you see life. And then another thing, so it becomes like self-fulfilled prophecy. You're seeing, you're looking for reasons to, to say, I am useless. See? Yeah, useless. Yeah, useless. Negative processes. The thoughts. Argue in your mind, replaying negative thoughts. And it takes you down the spiral where you lose your joy, you lose your peace, you, you, you just lose all the good things that God wants to give you. So as a, as a, as a young, as a boy uh, in grade eight and grade nine, I, uh, I really battled academically and uh, I, I battled my thoughts. I just felt I am useless. I, I, it was like the world communicated, the mirror of the world communicated to me, Andre, you are, you, you, you're not smart. You're dumb. You're stupid. And so I was in the, I was in Paul Boys uh, in, in Paul and and I was in a smart class, okay? This is the first language Afrikaans, first language English, guys. There's all the brightest young men in, in the grade. And uh, I felt so stupid compared to all of them. So they're grade eight, grade nine, and my marks confirmed it. Useless, stupid. 
So I even had started extra maths lessons because I was battling and marks didn't really improve. And it was just like, yeah, I'm stupid. Compared to others, I'm stupid. Marks, I'm stupid. Then in grade 10, because I was a really, really thin little guy uh, in, uh, when I was younger, and, uh, and so I started to gym. And so I went to the gym, I pumped some iron, and I almost had a muscle develop somewhere, and they was like, yes, uh, maybe I'm not completely useless. So I'm like, yeah, okay, so, so my self-confidence upped a little bit. And then the one time I actually studied for a test, can you imagine? <laughs> and so the marks came out, and I was first in class with this math test. The teacher was shocked. I was shocked. Everyone was shocked. This has never happened before. And then I suddenly, suddenly started to think, but what if, what if I'm not stupid? Imagine that. What if I'm not stupid? And so somehow my confidence levels upped a little bit that I started to work really hard and ultimately went to university and I finished an engineering degree on the side while doing church and Jesus more full time. I never failed a subject. So I found out I'm actually not stupid, but, but I thought I was stupid and I was living stupid until I started to change my mind about who I am. And I'm thinking now back that if I didn't have that epiphany of maybe I'm not stupid, that what, what would my life have looked like? I probably wouldn't have worked harder. I wouldn't have had the grades. I wouldn't have gone to university and I wouldn't have made Jesus as I did because I made Jesus at university. My life was radically flipped because of just, just this thought, well, what if I'm not stupid? So those, those questions are the questions that you need to ask yourself. What if, what if you're not as useless as you think? What if you can actually pray in front of others? What if you can actually be confident? What if you can actually be without fear and anxiety and timidity? What if? And so that what if became my reality. And obviously when I came into a living relationship with Jesus Christ, I mean, when you meet meet, meet Jesus, my word, (laughs) God, what are you doing today? What are you doing today? I like to ask God, God, what are you doing today? And I felt the Holy Spirit whisper this in my heart. Today, I am introducing people to the truth. And you see, Jesus is truth. And some of us have been living a lie for 30 years, 40 years, because you've believed all of those things that you feel is just so part of your life. And I feel like today God wants to come and he wants to introduce you to the truth that sets you free. Amen. Jesus is truth, and he wants to come reveal to you who you really are in him. But that's the third reason why you need to win the fight in your mind. Your your destiny is determined by your thoughts about yourself, your destiny, the way you live, where you go, what you do. If If you think too little of yourself, you won't go where you're supposed to be going. Okay, so three, those are three reasons why you need to win the fight, the battlefield of the mind. Okay, so I want to hold a few possibilities before you. What if you're not a victim of what other people do or say? What if you're a powerful person? What if you have the capacity that even if someone is ugly to you, you have the capacity to remain peaceful, to remain joyful, and respond with kindness? What if you are a powerful person? What if you are destined to be a powerful person? Powerful enough to rise above what anyone says or does. What if you are destined to flourish even when life is tough, when there are challenges? What if? I believe you are. And I want to show you that. So imagine a life where you determine your joy levels, peace levels. And you become the master of your destiny in partnership with God. Come on. Imagine that. Imagine not being so vulnerable to what life throws at you. And that's what I want to help you with. So I've been amazed just in the last two weeks, three weeks, 
evaluating my thoughts, going through what's happening in my mind and realizing, yo, I need an upgrade. And if I need an upgrade, I think you need an upgrade. Amen. Come on, say it. I need an upgrade. Okay, come on. So we're going to do it. So this is your mission. Should you choose to accept it, to win the battle in your mind daily. This is a challenge I want to put out for the next 30 days, for this month, to daily apply the principles I'm going to share with you now. This process of, of, of developing weapons of warfare, truths, so that you can renew your mind and step into all that God has for you. Amen. Come on, say amen. amen. Okay, so this isn't a quick process. This isn't like, man, I listened to Andre, this one message, and what? Ping! Renewed mind. That's not how it works. This, you need to aggressively assault the lies of the enemy. Aggressively assault negatives. If you want to develop better and more healthy thinking processes. Okay, so you need to apply the principles and uh, to step into the renewing of your mind. So I want to take you to this verse, John 8, 23. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, he said to them, you are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Have you ever read that verse? That just jumped out at me. That was just like, wow. So Jesus speaking to the people and saying, guys, I am from above. I am not of this world. So Jesus is saying, I'm from the kingdom of heaven. I'm from a, from a better world, a place where there is joy and peace 24-7. Unlimited supplies of joy and of peace and the power, the ability to overcome. And that's all in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus is saying, I am from that realm. Now the good news is, if you have committed your life to Jesus, then you are born again, born from above. You are in Christ And you are seated with Jesus at the right hand of the Father. You can also declare as Jesus declared. The rest of the world, you are from beneath. But I am from above. I am not of this world. Come on, say it. I'm not of this world. And that is good news. Because it it reveals that you have resources that the rest of the world don't have access to. This is why it is so amazing to come into a living relationship with Jesus Christ because you get access to life change, access to peace, access to joy, access to to, to discover who you truly are. You're coming to Jesus. is isn't just a bunch of rules you need to follow. It's stepping into freedom. Amen. It's stepping into freedom. And so you and I are, are, are not citizens of this country first and foremost. You are a citizen of heaven. You are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Secondly, a citizen of this country. And I've got good news. The economy is looking brilliant in the kingdom of heaven. (laughs) That's number one. We we, we, we anchored there. The economy is looking beautiful. There's no COVID-19 up there in that that realm, in that kingdom. You know, it's it's a different realm. And it it gives us powerful weapons to overcome in this life. Amen. Come on, say it. I'm going to overcome. Amen. Right. So number one on your little card. Number one. Four principles. Four principles to actively and aggressively renew your mind. Number one. Check it. Check it. Check your thoughts. You need to think about your thoughts. (laughs) You need to answer this question. What am I thinking? Because we don't. We just sort of go with the flow. As I said, I'm I'm absolutely shocked at the amount of rubbish going through my mind. Because I'm not focused on what's happening. And so that's the starting point. It's like with a, with a, a Windows PC, you need antivirus. Otherwise, if the virus gets into your PC, it slows down. And might completely crash. So what do you do? You install antivirus and this thing, it scans. It checks. You click it and say, yeah, scan my PC. 
What's happening? Any viruses? I want the viruses off. I want this thing to work normally and, and, and well, the way it was designed to. And so our brains, our minds, you need to do the same. You need to scan your thinking continuously. What's happening in my mind? What thoughts are, are running through my head? And you need to determine, is this, is this good or is this virus? Is this negatives that's killing you? So you need to evaluate. You need to get that uh, antivirus software running. You need to check it continuously. What am I thinking? What am I thinking? What am I thinking? And is this legit? Is this legitimate thoughts that I am thinking? So Romans 12, verse 2. This is one of the most powerful verses in the Bible because of its, its invitation into unlimited possibilities. It's an invitation to unlimited possibilities. It says, do not be conformed to this world. Why not? Because you're not of this world. You're from another world. Why, would, why do you want to descend to be like others? Why do you want to reduce yourself to be just like everybody else, negative and complaining and unbelieving and doubtful and afraid and timid and, and, and whatever else? So do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Come on, say transformed. 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 Is there any area in your life that you don't like? There's an invitation to transform it. There's an invitation to become a new you in that area. So it says there, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renew your mind. Start to think like God does. Start to think like a citizen of heaven does. Start to think like the one that you are. You're part of another world. You're part of another realm. A higher realm. A more powerful realm. You've, you've, you've resources that other people don't have access to. It's yours in Christ. And so this is the invitation. The potential change in our lives, if you and I begin to think right, it is massive. It is ultimately a new you. A new you. Okay, so as I said, you know, when, 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 when the wrong thought comes or maybe something bad happens, then it, it triggers us and we tend to go down into a spiral of negativity, like a, into the wrong direction. And so, so when it comes to our thoughts, you need to understand that a thought that is not of God, a negative thought, it's a thief. It's from the thief, but it's a thief. Because if you embrace the negative thought, it steals from you your joy and your peace. So if you were at home, and there's a thief that comes into your house, would you just say, hey, have fun, there's coffee over there, um, chill out, uh, TV channel, yeah, just, there's the remote, have fun. Would you? No. You're going to, hey, get out. Who the heck are you? This is my house. I don't allow this in my house. It's my house. And so, that, that, so that's the starting point. You need to own your thoughts. You need to own your mind. This is your mind. This is your thoughts. And it's dedicated unto the living God. Thieves are not allowed. Okay? So you need to get your policeman out and say, hey, you're a thief. You're a thief. You're a thief. Negatives. You need to evaluate the negatives uh, running through your head. So the biggest challenge, I think, is at times is to discern when you're really thinking wrong. Because it's easy when it's a really, really terrible thought, like commit suicide. You're like, oh, that's bad. Don't, don't, we don't commit suicide. Okay, that's obvious. But there's this gray area. There are so many thoughts in the gray area of life that it's really hard to discern. It's just small-mindedness. It is doubting yourself. It is breaking yourself down. It is just telling yourself, I can't, I can't, I can't. And the evidence shows it. I can't. So those are more difficult to, to actually be able to discern that this is a thought that's not of God. Okay, so this is the challenge for number one. Check it. Next 30 days, every day, sometimes three times a day, sit down, become quiet, and evaluate your thoughts. What am I thinking? What am I thinking? And then write it down. I'm thinking th this, and I'm thinking this, this negatives. And is this, is this true? So ask that question, what am I thinking? Come on, say, check it. 
Okay, principle number two is stop it. So when that thief comes in, you need to tell the thief while it's at the gate still, hey, stop it. (laughs) You're not coming in here. I'm not allowing you to come into my home, into my life, into my mind. Otherwise, you're going to go down this, this, this path. If you receive that first negative thought and you dwell on it, it will take you down that old, same old negative spirals where you feel powerless and you feel like a victim and you feel negative and you feel anxious and, and all of that. Okay, so the second biggest challenge is now how do we switch how do, we, how, do we, how do we renew our minds? First step, check it. Second one, stop it. Okay, so look at this. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 5. It, it reveals this battle that we're fighting, the battlefield of the mind. So it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. We live in the world, but we don't fight like the rest of the world. Why not? Because we're not of this world. Come on, say it. I'm not of this world. Verse 4, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. We're not about swords and spears and kitchen knives. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Are you seeing it? There's, there's the heavenly resources that you demolish, and it has divine power to demolish Demolish. That's like, that's aggressive language. That's not like, demolish. That's like, I'm coming for you and I'm getting you out of my life. I'm aggressive. I'm not allowed, I'm not going to be bullied by these thieves anymore, by these lying thoughts anymore. I'm not going to be a victim anymore. I'm breaking out of this nonsense and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get this nonsense out of my mind and out of my heart in Jesus' name. Okay, so there's this divine power to demolish strongholds. Verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So there you have it. Stop it. Take it captive. You need to say it. You know, you, you know self-talk. Who talks to himself or herself? Come on, we all do. We talk in our heads. We, uh, you need to take it beyond your thoughts. You need to say it. You need to lead your heart. And you need to say, I'm seeing, oh, that's a negative. That's a, hey, stop it. It's like the police officer, stop it. No, 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 stop. I'm not going to go down that path. I'm stopping it. Okay? And so then it says, about, it speaks about the weapons of, the, uh, of, of our warfare. So, and it's, it's not of this world. You know, it's like Thor, you know, from Marvel Comics. He came from Asgard, and he had a mighty weapon. Uh, he had his uh, Mjolnir, his uh, hammer, and that hammer would just break down strongholds, just break down the, the, the schemes of the, of the enemies, you know, and uh, so yeah, Thor is myth, myth, mythology, but uh, the kingdom of heaven is not. The kingdom of heaven is real, and the weapons of our warfare are real, and they are available to you and me, but you need to take up your weapon and you need to use it to destroy those strongholds. So the way we think rules our life. Either it builds a fortress for the enemy or a temple for God. A fortress is built to keep someone out. Now follow me. A fortress is built to keep someone out. Who? In this case, the fortress is built to keep God out. And a temple is built to welcome someone in. Who's the someone? God. Okay, so the way we think will either build a stronghold, a fortress for the enemy, and it will keep God out. It's like it's building a house so that God cannot dwell there. And a temple, when we think right and when we renew our thoughts, it builds an environment where it's just so easy to dwell in the presence of God. It's liberating. So what are you building? Fortress or a temple? What's happening in your life? Depression, feeling far from God, 
feeling never good enough, feeling like it doesn't matter how much you do when you read your Bible or when you pray or when you want to worship, as I can't connect to God. The good news is that, no, it's not the devil. He doesn't have the power to keep you out of the presence of God. No, it's not life or, or, or your issue, or issues in the sense of that you're not good enough. The, the, the issue is up here. The issue is up here. If Jesus lives on the inside of you, then all of heaven is drawn to Christ in you. Amen. Now that's a good thought. All of heaven is drawn to Christ in you. So it's not about I need to work, I need to try to be good enough for God. No, God, heaven is drawn to you because Jesus lives in you. If you've committed your life to Christ. He lives in you. So you need to renew your mind where it's no longer about working, 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 trying to be good enough to just receiving all that Jesus has done for you, all that he has made available to you. Okay, so in the rest of the series, I'm going to touch more on that. But what's happening in your thoughts? Is the enemy continue telling you why you are not good enough to come to God? That is a lie. The Holy Spirit will come to you and tell you why you're good enough. In Jesus. He's going to continuously tell you, hey, Andre, man, God loves you so much. And now nah, don't worry about sin. Jesus dealt with sin at the cross. Eh? Don't worry about it. Just uh, receive his washing and his cleansing and come back into the arms of your heavenly father. Come. The door is wide open. Jesus has done it all. Amen. So what are you thinking? Fortress keeping you out of God's presence or a temple that welcomes God in. Now, the good news is you can switch and you can change your thinking processes quickly. You can, but you need to do it aggressively. Okay, so the first principle is check it. What am I thinking? Second principle is stop it. Stop, stop, it's a speed cop. <laughs> We're going profound today. <laughs> Principle number three. Now, now we get into the good stuff. That was just laying a foundation. Now we're getting into the forging your weapons of war. Forging weapons that you can use against the enemy. Principle number three is flip it. Don't, don't, don't cuss it, not flip it. It's flip it. <laughs> okay, so you need to flip the negative around by finding God's perspective on it. You need to ask this question. What possibility? So you, you, you're having a negative, negative thought, negative scenario, something bad in your life, whatever it might be, it's assaulting you and you're on your way down that spiral of negativity again. And so you realize, oh, I'm going down that spiral. So you say, stop it. No, I'm not going down that path. I want to go down the other path. So see yourself standing in front of a fork, two roads going one to the left, one to the right, sign in front of you. Left or right, you've tended to go left, the negatives, down that road, and you know where that ends. It's depression, it's unbelief, it's self-hatred, it's hopelessness, it's despair. It's all waiting for you down that path, if you go down that path, so don't go down that path. But now as you're standing there at the fork, how do, how do you switch to the good? How do you switch your mindset into the good path into the good process. Because if you can get onto the good path, it's going to take you into a good space. Peace, joy, faith, overcoming. How do you do it? Ask the right question. The power of a question. The power of the mind and a question upon your mind. When you ask the right question, you can flip it into the good. So what do you ask? You ask this, these two questions as a starting point. What opportunities are available to me in this scenario? What opportunities? It's a problem. Maybe it's a crisis. Ask the question, what opportunities are available to me in this? And immediately, instead of going down, the, oh, it's terrible, fear, anxiety, going down. Now suddenly you're like, oh, what, 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 are, what opportunities are available? And you can take it further, say, but what possibilities are available to me in this problem. And that opens the door to even, to even more. 
Okay, but at the root, at the heart, at the foundation, you need to embrace this truth. If you want to overcome in life, if you want to shift your mindset into the good, you need to assault the negatives. And therefore, you need to have a change in mind concerning the negatives. This is the I am powerful mindset. I am excited about the challenges in my life. That's the mindset you need to embrace. I am excited about the challenges in my life. Come on, let's say it, say it with me. I am excited about the challenges in my life. That's the starting point. Because that is, the furnace is where the weapons are forged. You know, Thor's hammer was forged in the heart of a star. The weapons of warfare that God gives us is forged in the heart of our Father. Forged in the heart of our Father. He has made these weapons available. But you need to ask God, what are you, what are you saying? What are you seeing? So look at this verse. It's, it's actually in the Bible. James 1, verse 2. This is the overcoming, I am from another world mindset. Consider it pure joy. Come on, say pure joy. pure joy. My brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, hallelujah, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. In other words, when you are tested, when you go through trials, then your belief systems are strengthened, either for bad or good, but you need to flip it to the good. Perseverance, verse 4, must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So that you might become perfect, that you might become all that God has destined you to be so that you don't lack anything. In other words, in the furnace, you receive what you need to overcome in life. So this is the value we have embraced as a church community. Something bad happens in your life. So you pick up the phone, you phone a friend. You phone a friend, you say, hey, <laughs> man, I'm so excited. I have great news. I have a glorious trial that has just come my way. <laughs> Happy birthday to me. Yes. Happy birthday to me. I've just been retrenched. Yes. <sighs> I have no idea how God's going to solve this. But I know he's good. And I know he's powerful. And I know that he has a good outcome that he has assigned to this problem. Amen. So sing with me. Happy birthday to me. Amen. You see, that, 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 so the reason it's so powerful is that it's shifting your mindset. You're at the fork, and you want to go down to anxiety, and oh my word, what's going to happen, and is this going to work out, and where's God, and it wants to take you down that path. You say, no, hallelujah, happy birthday to me. I'm going to get a weapon, and I'm so going to hurt the enemy. I'm going to get a weapon, and I'm going to become a better me. I don't know how God's going to solve it, but I know He is. And it's happened to some people in our church, getting retrenched and getting a better job than ever. Hallelujah. But now, why go through months of anxiety and fear and torment when God has already planned a wonderful outcome for your life? I mean, how big is your God? How big is your God? Is He the God that reigns over the universe? Was He a little God? comes back to your belief system. Comes back to your thought processes. So come on, say happy birthday to me. I mean, we've had six months of happy birthdays, eh? Six months. Wow. We are going to see incredible things come from this season. Amen. You are not of this world. You are from another realm, and you have access to resources that others don't have. Activate your thinking processes, align it with God's thoughts. So ask the question, God, so what opportunity do I have in this? Ask the question, what opportunity do I have in this? So we sat with a, a person a while ago, and, and they were just, I mean, the person was packing off on all the negatives and 
the circumstances and was crying, and it just it looked terrible. It was like, I, like while this person was sharing, I was like, whew, whew, I don't know how to turn this. How do we turn this? Lord, what is your perspective? I mean, there was, it looked like the end of the world. And, and the circumstances that this person cannot change. God can, yes, but this person can't change it. And so as we were chatting, and, and I just asked the Holy Spirit to lead me to ask the right questions, and then we came to this. Well, what opportunity does these circumstances make available to you right now? And so as we were discussing, it, we came to the conclusion, but what if this person can be joyful in the midst of those circumstances despite all of that? What, what if? What if you could be joyful and peaceful despite circumstances that you have no control over? Wouldn't that be a victory? Wouldn't that be overcoming? And, and within 50 minutes, we went from the end of the world to, man, we are excited. Let's do this. And so in this case, their mission was for the, by the end of this year, in those circumstances, by the end of the, this is my mission, not to change the circumstances, to have joy in the midst of those circumstances, because then you are powerful, and then you will succeed in every other area in your life. Amen. Are you seeing it? The opportunity, the opportunity is that I can upgrade in joy. I can grow as a person. That's the opportunity. But now, what is the possibility? And I like the possibility because possibility says, as the, as the Word of God says, all things are possible with God. And, and when I think, what is the possibility? I'm thinking about what if God shows up? What if God shows up? Wow, no, that's, that's intriguing. That's exciting. That's like, whoo, now suddenly faith is stirring. Hope, excitement is stirring because I'm thinking, but what if God shows up? Amen. And that leads you into freedom. Okay, so this is the truth you need to embrace. If you want to ask this question, right, what opportunity, opportunity do I have right now? Every problem is an opportunity. Every problem is an opportunity. But you need to look for it. You need to ask God, okay, God, how, how, how would this be an opportunity? And he's the, God of, he's the God of the impossible. So in this week, I, I invited someone to church, and uh, I got a very strong no. I don't do church. Not interested. And I'm like, but I'm so excited about church. <laughs> I'm so excited about Jesus. Do you know you're missing out, man? God is amazing. He is amazing. But so after, you know, after the phone call, I was like, mm, a little bit deflated. And so I asked the question, okay, God, what opportunity do I have in this? Then I realized, yeah, I can upgrade my love for this person. I can upgrade my love. I can and, and upgrade my patience. I want it like now. <laughs> Maybe it's going to take a year. But I'm going to upgrade my patience and I'm going to upgrade my love. I'm going to passionately love this man. So opportunity, suddenly, man, there's my opportunity to grow. And then possibility, what if God shows up? I mean, who can resist the love of Jesus? You can't resist the love of God. So I changed my declaration. Oh, God, this man is so going to meet with you soon in Jesus' name. And then I followed it up with every no I get, there's nine other people that are super excited to come to Jesus and to church. Amen. And immediately you come out of the negative and you step into the positive, you step into faith, and you keep on following Jesus. Are you seeing it? So flip it. Take the negative, turn it into a positive. Write it down. Right then, God, what opportunity do I have? God, what possibilities are you seeing in this? And you write it down. And then you make a weapon of that. It becomes your declaration. It becomes your thought process. It becomes what you believe. And it opens the door for God to step in. So the last principle, number four. Now strengthen it. Strengthen it. You have now your weapon. Now you need to make it stronger. You need to use your weapon. You need to strengthen that truth. So how do you do it? You strengthen the truth through focus. You need to focus on the truth. 
You need to focus on what God is saying. You need to focus on the truth, the opportunity, or the possibility that is available to you in the midst of it. And then you need to begin to make life-giving declarations. Say it. When you say it, you lead your heart. When you say it, you begin to, even if you don't believe it yet, just say it. Begin to lead your heart into truth and into the fullness of God. So the last question I want to put before you, this is one of the most powerful questions to shift your thought processes from something negative to something incredible. It unlocks possibilities. This question, God, who are you going to be to me in this? I love that. God, who are you going to be to me in this? Immediately opens your heart, opens your mind to what could God do? What, who is he going to be? You see, God loves deficits. Next week, I'm going to focus on this, how you turn a negative into something beautiful. To give you an example, in April, my, my dad passed away. Heart attack, age of 70, and I just don't know where he is. I don't know if he had a living relationship with Jesus. I hope he's with God. I hope he's in heaven. I, I hope. But I have a deficit in my life now. I don't have an earthly dad. My dad's gone. You know, and I catch myself every few days, even the last week. I'm like, oh, I want to phone my dad. I'm like, uh, can't phone my dad. Or I wonder what my dad would think about this. And like, he's not thinking anything about this. The first few weeks of that hard lockdown, the first three weeks, and we had to drive down, and, and, and I felt God whisper this to my heart. I felt my heavenly Father whisper this to my heart. Andre, I'm going to fill that gap to overflow. I'm going to be more of a father to you than you've ever experienced. You see, God loves a deficit. Because that's where he flows in. That's where he steps in. Our heavenly father is a, a hundred times, a thousand times better than any earthly dad can ever be. So it doesn't matter what deficit you have. It doesn't matter what you're struggling with. It doesn't matter what you, you know, when you compare yourself to others, like, but they have all of that. You must get excited. Oh, wow, I have a deficit. Hallelujah. Jesus is going to show up right here. <laughs> I've got like a hundred failures. Other people only like two. Glory to Jesus. God's going to show up in all of these failures. Praise God. I'm getting excited. Amen. Now that is thinking with a kingdom mindset. That is opening up the door to the almighty to flow in. And I tell you, I already experienced my heavenly father, his affirmation, his nearness, his passion about who I am, as an earthly dad would encourage and celebrate and say, go for it. doesn't matter what you've lost. The great I am is ready to flow in right there. But you need to change your thinking. You need to align your thoughts with God's thinking. You need to build a temple with these massive banners up top and flashing lights. God, come. <laughs> Come and dwell here. Come and, 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 and flood in here. Lord, come and reign here. So, so ask this question, God, who are you going to be to me in this, this negative, this problem, this crisis? Who are you going to be? And he might say, well, I'm going to be your father. I'm going to be your provider. I'm going to be your healer. I'm going to be your, your peace. I'm going to be your joy. I'm going to be your protector. I'm going to be there for you. But don't go down the spiral of negativity into depression and darkness because then it just doesn't feel like he is near. But he is near. Jesus is all and in all. He is your divine advantage. Yo, that's a good thought. He is your divine advantage. You're not like others. End off with this verse. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14. It says, now thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Come on, let's read this together. 
Now, thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Come on. Thanks be to God who always, come on, say always, always leads us in triumph in Christ. In other words, there's always a victory assigned to whatever problem you're facing. There is always a victory assigned by God. You must just find it. That's a lead. So you need to seek the face of God. You need to pursue him. You need to ask the right questions. God, who are you going to be to me in this? But I'm no longer losing my joy. And I'm no longer losing my peace. I'm no longer allowing circumstances to define who I am. I'm going to rise above it. Because you always lead me in triumph in Christ. And I set the atmosphere. Wherever I go, wherever you go, you are supposed to set the atmosphere. At work, when you walk into your your office building or wherever you, you set the atmosphere. Fragrance. If you live with this mindset, you will no longer be timid. You will no longer be intimidated. You will no longer be unsure of should I, may I. You'll be like, I am here and Jesus is with me. Amen. Come on, say it. Jesus is with me. Hallelujah. Amen. Give give Jesus a, a clap offering. Come on. Always leads us in triumph. Always. So this is the declaration you need to make. There is a victory in this. I'm so going to find it. I'm so going to find it. I'm so going to see it. I'm so going to discover it. I'm so going to step into it. There is a victory assigned here, and I will not accept anything less. Amen. Refuse negativity. Refuse unbelief. Refuse doubts. Refuse lies. Refuse the thief that comes to steal from you. Say, no more. I'm going to overcome in this. Amen. To make that your goal this month, I'm going to find joy in the middle of challenging circumstances. I'm a powerful person. Come on, say it. I'm a powerful person. Amen. You are. You are. Praise God. Please stand with me. So you have your card, put in your wallet, read it five times a day, work through it, and know, and know that God is more than enough for you to flood into that deficit, to flood into your lack, in Jesus' name. So the overview, check it. Stop it, flip it, strengthen it. Amen. Are you going to tackle it? Come on. You will never be the same again. I really believe this. If you actively, proactively assault the lies of the enemy in your mind and heart, you will never be the same again. You will be transformed. It will be a new you. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.